Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Turn with me, if you would, tonight. Let's again, let's look at this verse, John chapter 10. And verse 10, uh, what God said to us coming into the year 2016, that 2016 would be a year of abundance. So that doesn't mean the abundance is done at the end of the year. It means that we're to emphasize this year, become skillful in abundance. Amen. Because what God has for us in the future is going to call for abundance. Amen. This revival that we're in, we're in the beginning stages of it, but we're in it, and it, it's going to call for abundance. Amen. Amen. It's going to call. How, what, what, how, listen, not just the abundance of funds, but what about an abundance of miracles? Amen. An abundance of the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. An abundance of revelation. Amen. Amen. And so here in John chapter 10 and verse 10, Jesus is speaking and he said, The thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, Aren't you glad he didn't just stop right there? (laughs) So many people stop right there. They are just stopped with what the enemies come to do. They get so focused and entrenched on what's come against them. Uh, But Jesus didn't stop right there. He said, yes, the enemy's come to steal, kill, and destroy. But notice this, I'm come. Aren't you glad that uh, someone else came? I am come that you might have. And what what does he want us to have? Life. And not just natural life, not just human life, but the divine life of God, the eternal life of God. That very flow that sustains God's existence, that's to be our flow. So he says, I'm come that you might have life. And if you're born again, you have this. You understand? It's in you. But the next phrase is what we're particularly interested in. And that you might have it. Couldn't we say the flow of this abundant life, the flow of this eternal life, the flow of the life of God, the flow of the divine life more abundantly. So for the rest of our life, we're to become skillful at flowing with this life in an abundant measure, not just a little bit of it flowing. Listen, we can all look back over our lives and see when we tapped into a little bit of what God had. But God doesn't just want us to tap into a little bit of what he has for us. He wants us to tap into the full measure. Amen, the abundant flow of it. But Jesus is letting us know there's an enemy to that. The the enemy's going to come. What's he trying to do? He doesn't want you in the abundant flow. Because in the abundant flow, your bills get paid off. In the abundant flow, your homes get paid off. In the abundant flow, your businesses excel and your businesses just multiply. And the devil doesn't mind you having a little bit just so long as you don't have the abundance. And you have an enemy to your abundance. So that's why we have to make sure that we are doing... Our part so that we don't settle for less than abundance. That's really been our problem. I'm talking about just as a whole, the, the body of Christ. We've settled for less than abundance. We've been okay with just less than abundance. But uh, this era is going to call for abundance. This last day's revival is going to call for abundance. 
Now, looking at this and flip real quickly to Ephesians chapter 1 again, and, and we'll just pass this one going on to some other scriptures. But Ephesians chapter 1, because it gives us in a nutshell what is part of the abundance when, when you talk about abundance, because we don't have time in these services to really go through and, and pinpoint and highlight everything that belongs to us. But uh, we can just look at one scripture that totally just wraps it up in, in one package for us. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. The King James says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with, what's the next word? All. Don't you like that three-letter word? That's such a big three-letter word. He has blessed us with, has blessed us, has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places because of our union with Christ. Now, uh, my, my favorite translation, the Norley translation, N-O-R-L-I-E says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with everything that heaven itself enjoys. What's he talking about? Now, that's abundance. Everything that heaven is enjoying right now, that's to be our flow here. The Bible calls it living days of heaven on earth. That's what we need to be reaching for, and that's what we need to not be settling for less than. Uh, if, if heaven has it in, in its flow, we should have it in our flow. In other words, God is offering us to live, to live there before we go there. Do you know that none of heaven has been withheld from you right now except one thing, the location? But every other flow of heaven, he's already blessed us with everything that heaven itself enjoys. So none of heaven has been withheld from you. You can enjoy it completely now. You can enjoy wisdom. You can enjoy revelation. You can enjoy health. You can enjoy victory over every, every, every obstacle. Amen. So that's what belongs to us. And if we're settling for less than that, we're settling for less than abundance. But let's not settle for less than abundance. Now, uh, this thing, this, this abundant flow, as we were saying the other night, it's not going to happen automatically. You have to know what is yours. And you have to uh, be, have the spirit of faith to reach for it and demand for that. that. That's the flow I demand in my life. That's the flow I demand in my home. It's like Joshua who, who stood up and said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm not asking. I'm saying this will be our flow. Amen. Amen. And uh, then, then we, I want, you to, I want you to go over here to 1 Timothy in chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And uh, <clears throat> I'm just, this isn't where, what I'm going to be emphasizing tonight, but, but I want us to point to a couple of these things on our way to emphasizing what's, what the Lord wants for us tonight. But 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 12 says this. Now Paul was writing to Timothy who was his spiritual son in the faith. And he gives him this instruction he says in verse 12, fight the good fight of faith. Well, what is the good fight of faith? The good fight of faith is a fight of words. That's what it is. When opposition comes, you talk to it. 
You know, Mark eleven twenty three. whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. This verse simply means this. Talk to things, they'll obey you. In a nutshell, that's what that verse means. Things will obey you. Talk to them. That's called fighting the good fight of faith. When symptoms come, every time they come, talk to them. Every time they come, talk to them. When lack tries to come up, every time, talk to it. Talk to it. Talk to it. That's really what I've been especially uh, emphasizing, paying attention to in my spiritual life, especially since my husband's not here. I make sure I talk to things. This is how to get, this is how to get freedom over bad habits, over addictions. Every time that desire, that compelling comes, talk to it. Talk to it. Amen. You don't have to be bound by things. Why? Because you've been blessed with the flow that heaven is enjoying. And how are you going to move into that? You have talked to things. And so this is what Paul is telling Timothy. It wasn't enough for Timothy to be hooked up with the mightiest preacher that was walking on the face of the earth, who was Paul at that time. It wasn't enough that he's hooked up to the right one. It's not enough that you're hooked up to a wonderful pastor. It's not enough to be hooked up to a church that has revelation flowing in it. You're going to have to do some talking. You're going to have to do some fighting the fight of faith. Amen. Fight the good fight of faith. Uh, Notice this, the fight of faith is the only good fight there is. Every other fight is is the wrong fight. The fight of worry, the fight of fear, the fight of addictions, the fight of bad habits, the fight of, that's the wrong fight. If you will get in the fight of faith, that's the good fight because it always wins. If you will talk to those things, talk to them, talk to them, talk to them. I mean, whenever I, uh, it wasn't just a few weeks after Ed went home to be with the Lord and you've heard me talk about it. I was left with six and a half million dollars. I was responsible for just one day. My name's on everything now. And uh, on top of that, I got a big old love letter from the IRS, you know, not just a regular size envelope, a big one. Bless God. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's like, Uh, every day I woke up to something new. Every day a new giant showed up. Every day I got to see what I got to eat. I get to eat this today. But see, thank God I was a doer of what I've been taught. I didn't just think it was going to come to me because I I was in the ministry. Things don't belong to you just because you go to church. Things don't belong to you just because you got a pastor who knows it. Things belong to you when you become a doer of what you hear, not just sitting and waiting for God to do something on on your behalf. You get up and you start demanding some things. And from that time, now three million, one more transaction, three million is paid off in three years. Just half of it gone. And then God gave me a home paid for. Gave me a brand new home paid, paid cash for it. Why? Because I talked. Every day I woke up talking. Every day I wake up talking. (laughs) Father, I thank you. I'm living off the top of the barrel. The top of the barrel includes being debt-free. I thank you that I'm debt-free. The church is debt-free. The ministry is debt-free. I wake up talking. Why? Because if I don't talk, that thing that's trying to oppose me is going to start talking. And I'm going to get the the first word in. (laughs) So I went to the mail that day and there was this big love letter from the IRS and I knew it was really special. 
before I even opened it, I took it and I held it up and I said, God, I want you to know. Although I don't know what yet what's in this letter, I know I have a supply for what's in this envelope. I started talking before I started seeing what I was going to have to deal with. And when I opened it up and it was nine on six numbers, you know, it's go, thank God I already put the supply in place over this. And you know what? Within a few weeks, we were dealing back and forth with the, with the attorney. It ended up being just uh, not even a tenth. I mean, it just kept coming down and coming down and coming down. And I was able to pay that thing off completely. And I mean, for years, you know, for several years, Ed and I had paid, you know, on payments on different tax stuff. And and just because I remembered something and started talking to it. And this is what Paul is telling Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Could we say this? That since the fight of faith is a fight of words, fight the fight of words. Amen. If you're just going to sit back and wait for God to do something for you, you're going to miss it. You're going to have to get up and start talking. You know, I've had to deal with attorneys. I've had to deal with banks. I've had to deal with lawyers. I've had to deal with all kinds of stuff. My mom said to me, she says, Nancy, I don't know how you've dealt with all that you deal with. I said, well, I just know this. I don't know all the lawyers know. I don't know all the banking stuff, but I just know this. I know how to talk and I know how to stand. I can outlast it. I've learned how to talk and stand. Just talk and stand. Talk and stand. And we've just seen God just work and work and work. And it's just been a joy. He just keeps impressing us. You know? So here Paul is telling Timothy, fight the good fight of faith or fight the fight of words. Not the fight of thoughts. Don't get in that middle arena and think that you can outthink this thing. You can't outthink it. You're going to have to outtalk it. When something is banging on your head, you do not defeat thoughts with thoughts. You defeat thoughts with words. When feelings trying to get you to go back into an old lifestyle or back into an old habit and the feelings become very real, you can feel that stuff pressing on your mind, pressing on your body. You're not going to get over that by trying to not feel it. Not your job not to feel it. It's your job to talk to it. And many are trying to get rid of the feeling when they need to just start doing the talking and forget about the feeling. When fear or anxiety tries to come back, people are trying to get rid of the, fe- the feeling of that. You don't have to get rid of the feeling of that. Just talk to it. And, and ignore the feeling of it. You have to talk to it. And this is what Paul is telling Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. And then look at the next phrase. Notice, now, Timothy, wouldn't we not know? He's born again, right? Notice the next phrase, lay hold on eternal life. He's not telling him to lay hold of his salvation experience. He's telling him to lay hold of the abundance that belongs to the eternal life that's in you. That's what he's saying. Lay hold of what that life has brought you. Lay hold of it. Notice this, just because it belongs to you doesn't mean you're enjoying it or partaking of it. He's telling you, you're going to have to lay hold of it. But notice he tells him, you've got to lay hold of it. How are you going to lay hold of it? He told him in the first, in the first phrase, fight the good fight of faith. That's how you lay hold. That's how you lay hold. Of this flow of the life of God that's in you. Listen, every Christian who died prematurely of sickness and disease died with healing in them. 
Why? Because the healer's in them. The healer's in you. What was the problem? Many times they did not lay hold of what was in them. And this is what Paul is telling Timothy. It's not enough to be hooked up with a good preacher. Listen, absolutely be hooked up with a good preacher, but that's not a substitute for you laying hold. You have to lay hold. We look at people like Dad Hagen and Dr. Sumrall and these wonderful men of faith, and we look at them and we go, wow, we wish that we could rise to the places of walking with God. Listen, they didn't have more available to them than you have available to you. They just kept laying hold and 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 laying hold. Amen. Can I, I, I'm impressed to tell this, this will help somebody, but I, I was, a preacher was telling us a testimony before he was saved, he was a drug addict and he was also a thief, you know, uh, he had become a thief to fund his drug habit. And, and it was comical because, you know, he, he got saved and now he's out and he's pastoring and, and he would tell us some kind of comical stuff, you know, that stupid thieves do. And he said, anytime I broke into a house and I saw a woman with a gun, he said, I jumped right back out the window. I just climbed in. He said, a man with a gun didn't scare you near as much as a woman with a gun. He said, seriously, he said, every thief knew that. Because <laughs> he said, you never knew what she was going to shoot. So what he said, I'm just, I'm just giving you a little thief mentality there. And, uh, and he, he was telling me, he said, I was going, he said he had to go back down to the part of town where he was raised in, you know, after he was pastoring for years. And he said, I got close to the neighborhood where I used to go to do drugs. And he said, every feeling of addiction came back on me, just driving back down there. He said, the cravings, he said, the feelings of that addiction came back on me. And he said, I started talking to it. No, you don't. What was it? It was a spirit trying to compel and drive him back into that. And he talked to it. That's what I'm telling you. Fight the good fight of faith. I don't care what tangibly comes on you or the, uh, the spirit of fear, anxiety, panic attacks. Oh, that's nothing but the spirit of fear. Talk to it. It will obey you if you'll talk to it. But don't, don't let it live with you for a week and live it, let you, li- you know, live with it for a month, keeping it warm, putting it to bed with you at night, laying it on your pillow and putting the blankets over it with you, you know. When it, the first sign it comes up, oh, no, you don't. Oh, no, you don't. Oh, no, you don't. Talk to it. It'll obey. It will obey you. It'll obey you. And this is what Paul is telling Timothy. You're going to have to lay hold. There is eternal life, a flow that this eternal life brings for you, but you're going to have to lay hold of that flow. This is what God is endeavoring to teach us, emphasizing in 2016, laying, laying hold of this flow of abundance that belongs to us. Like I said, it's not just an abundance of finances. It includes that, but it's an abundance of wisdom, an abundance of, of, of knowledge, an abundance of miracles, an abundance of healing, an abundance of joy. Lay hold of these things. They, they belong to you. And uh, uh, the thing is, when we read the word, the word helps us to lay hold. By, by saying the word, repeating the word, that helps us put our hand of faith 
on the things that belong to us. So the word helps us lay hold of stuff, doesn't it? But you know what? You also have the Holy Ghost to help you lay hold of stuff. How many times has, have you been believing God for something the Spirit of God would speak to you? If you'll do what he says, it's to help you lay hold of something that you need, right? So we have the help of the word. We have the help of the Holy Ghost. And you know, even when we do arrive on the other side of an opposition, you know, the, the word says this, that this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. What's that really mean? It means uh, your victory is waiting on something to show up. It's called your faith. When your faith shows up, then you'll overcome this thing. But when we bring our faith and we get on the other side of opposition, listen, we can't fully congratulate ourselves. Because if it weren't for the Holy Ghost, we'd have quit way before. How many times have you had the Holy Ghost encourage you? Just keep doing this. Just some, Somebody would come along, pastor would come up on a service and preach something that kept you just going. And what was that? The Holy Ghost helping keep you, helping you to lay hold. Amen. So we have the word to help us lay hold. We have the Holy Ghost to help us lay hold. But we still have to do the laying hold. But we also have other help in this laying hold of this abundant flow of the life of God that's on the inside of us. Go with me, if you would, to Hebrews in chapter 1. Because this is, when I sat down, this is what the Spirit of God directed me, the direction to take with this tonight. So it's important to him. When When he specifically directs this way, it's because we specifically need this. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse... Uh, 13, Paul is writing here and he says, but to which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies my footstool? Are they not all, notice he's talking about angels here. Are they or angels not all ministering spirits? Now, listen, angels from God are ministering spirits. Well, what are they going to minister to you? They're going to minister something good. Isn't that right? So they're here to help minister good into your life, just like the Word ministers good to you. The Holy Ghost ministers good to you. But the angels will also minister good to your your life. They're here to minister something good. So are they not all ministering spirits? Look at this. Sent forth to minister for them... Who shall be heirs of salvation? That's you. I said, that's you. Now, over in Matthew, and we won't take time to turn there tonight, Matthew 18, 10, Jesus said, Jesus was speaking to the disciples, and there, you know, there were little children there, and he said, despise not one of these little ones, for their angel, their angels do always behold the face of my father. Well, if you'll remember, Jesus, in in appearing to Dad Hagen one time, said, uh, when you're born, you get an angel. Heaven assigns an angel to you. And, he, and Jesus said to Dad Hagen, just because you grow up, you don't lose your angel. You've still got that angel. What's that angel there for? He's there to help assist you into laying hold of the abundance that belongs to you. Amen. So now we have the Word. We have the Holy Ghost. We have the name of Jesus. We have our covenant, the blood of Jesus, but we also have angelic assistance. Listen, the, uh, God gave every one of, every, everyone 
an angel to work with them. You, you want to know why? Because to get into the fullness of what he has, you're going to need their help. We can't be ignorant about their role in the flow of abundance in our lives. Let me talk to you just uh, and give you a few examples of this. <clears throat> in uh, February of 2014, now my husband went home to be with the Lord in October of, of 2013. So here it is just five months or so later. God had told me before Ed went home to be with the Lord, he said, you're going to live in this house that you're in. And Ed and I were living in it for four years. Well, he told us that on the day we moved into that house. And I never told Ed because the day, to, the day men are moving and carrying furniture in is not the day to tell them. Uh, by the way, God said we'd only be here for four years. That's like asking a woman on the labor bed how many children she wants. You need to use some wisdom about what well, timing, you know, <laughs> right? <clears throat> so God had told me, you're only going to be in this house for four years. Well, Ed died at about the two and a half year mark. So just a few weeks after Ed went home to be with the Lord, I was walking down the hallway in my house and the spirit of God said, now you remember, I said to you, you'd only be in this house for four years. Now, see, I've got all these other projects. I'm in the midst. Ed has just gone home to be with the Lord, and I've got a lot on my plate. And the last thing I'm wanting is another thing on my plate. So I said, yeah, I remember that, but I was trying to push that way back to the back burner, way back. And so whenever uh, in February, our Bible school students had set up a tour because uh, Amy Simple McPherson had a vacation home there about 15 minutes from where our church is. I'd never been up to see it or anything. And so they said, Pastor Nancy, we've set up a tour. The, the Foursquare denomination, which she founded, you know, has now has ownership of that. They've renovated it. They've, they've restored it. And uh, we're going to do a tour. Would you like to go? So I said, yeah, I'd love to go because I like history and things. And so we went. And uh, we were sitting in front of the house, and I turned to Morgan, and I said, ooh, I'd like to have this house for, uh, you know, just to have ministers come and stay. I wasn't thinking about for me at all because it needed work. But <clears throat> about two weeks after that, I was sitting in my back bedroom, and the, and the power of God came in the room, and God spoke to me and said, I'm going to describe your next house to you. And he told me four different things about the house. Well, I didn't put two and two together. I didn't recognize that that was the description of, the, of Sister Amy's home. And so the next night, that was on a Friday night. The next night on a Saturday night, the exact same thing happened. Power of God came in the back bedroom where I was sitting. And he said, uh, I'm going to describe your next house to you. And he told me the exact same four things. And I said, yes, I, I remember that from last night. And then he added one other thing. And he said, it's Sister Amy's house. And I go, oh, no, 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 no. Because this house, I, I would want to renovate it further than what they did. They did a lot of the structural things. They put a million and a half into it just to, you know, fortify the structural side of it. Because, it, you know, it's almost 90 years old and, you know, an earthquake country, you know. And so <clears throat> it, I, was, uh, I wasn't looking for another project that big. Well, uh, finally, after, after getting my mind out of the way, I, I, you know, came into agreement with that. So <clears throat> probably about a month or so later, I'm sitting back in my back bedroom. 
I had just come back from preaching our midweek services on a Tuesday night, so I had been there preaching Tuesday night, and I was going to preach something sweet like faith, you know, something everybody could like. (laughs) And I ended up going a whole different direction, started preaching on angels, and I, I, I didn't intend to, don't know why I did, but just ended up preaching on angels, and then I came home. And I, I'm, I'm one, I don't like to go to bed much. I fight going to bed. And I, if, if, I, if I can sleep on a couch, I feel like I cheated, you know. I didn't, see, I didn't have to go to bed that night. I sat up. And so I, you know, I'll sit straight up and go, go to sleep, sitting straight up. Not, not go get in bed because I might miss something, you know. Just, of course, I'm the only one in the house, basically. I don't know what I'm going to miss, but I'm going to miss something, you know. <laughs> And so I had fallen asleep sitting back up in my bedroom, sitting on the couch, and I'd fallen asleep sitting straight up. And at midnight, uh, my whole body jolted. And I looked over the clock, and it said midnight. And when I looked back to my right, there was an angel standing there. And I said, God, what's that angel here for? He said, he's here to get you Sister Amy's house. Now, it was... uh, that was about in March of 2014. In July of 2015, I bought it. I was able to pay cash for it. You understand, the house wasn't for sale. They had just put a million and a half into it. They were not looking to sell it. They, wanted to, they had just gotten it back into four square hands after all these years. So uh, anyway, there was a woman that was part of the Foursquare ministry there that she was an advocate for me to get the house because they just had it open for tours and she wanted someone to have it that would take care of it and live in it. And so uh, she worked and she worked with a pastor and, you know, I talked with the pastor and it was a precious pastor that owned it, a Foursquare pastor. And uh, she told me, she said, Nancy, she says, you don't understand. He moved mountains to get you that house. It had to go through three different boards. They had to have congregational vote. They had to have all these different boards, and it was very layered to go through. And uh, come to find out that uh, if they would have put it on the agenda at the next board meeting of when they would even have room on their agenda, it would be four years from now before they would even have room on their docket to talk about that property. And he was able to call a special meeting with them and got them to approve it. And everyone came together and they were going to vote and they did not want it to leave the Foursquare Church. And so uh, they, they were all going to vote no. But there's this one woman that her, her and I had developed a relationship. God had sent her there in January of 2014 to start pastoring the church. In February of 2014, I saw the house. I bought the house in July of 2015. In August of 2015, she quit pastoring. She was there a year before I came for the house and left, excuse me, a month before and left a month after I got the house. She was there just to get me that house. I knew that. She was just there for that window of time. And so in the board meeting, she was on all three boards. 
And the board meeting, everyone would turn around to her because they knew that her and her husband had been, so to speak, the keepers over the house. And they all turned to her and said, what should we vote, yes or no? And Because they were said, should we vote no? She said, no, vote yes. God had her there at every meeting telling the people, directing them and how to vote. Why? Because I couldn't have done it on my own. I needed divine help in this thing. That, no doubt, was that angel that had orchestrated things. And then not only that, brought, got the money into my hands so that I'm able to pay cash. See, now I'm living the abundant flow. That home was abundance for me. But I couldn't get into it by myself. I needed divine assistance getting into it. Thank God for faith. Thank God for the word. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. But evidently there are some things we can't get into without the help of angels. Or God would not have given them. You have an angel assigned to you, and if you're going to enjoy the abundance that God has for you, you're going to have to learn to put the angels to work for you because they'll work with you in your business. They'll work with you in your church. They'll work with you in your family. You know, just like the devil can send people. You know, when God wants to bless your life, he sends someone. When the devil wants to harm your life, he sends someone. And the devil can send wrong people around your children. But you know what? You can say, Father, I thank you that the angels of God are around my child. Yes. <laughs> Amen. And just like the, the enemies can send evil spirits that will send people to harm your family. You can position those angels around to protect your family, bumping them out of the way. Amen. Employ them for your benefit. Um, in the late, in the 70s, my husband was pastoring a church in Torrance, California. This was before we met and married. And he had uh, rented, actually he had leased with the option to purchase what was called the old Taco Bell headquarters. And, um, so they were leasing this with the option to pick it up and purchase it. What, during the two years that they were leasing it, there came a huge escalation of prices, uh, of price values on the homes and, and stuff in California in the 70s. And I mean, the property like tripled in value over a two-year period. So this uh, landowner who, who owned this... He did not, he had agreed to lease it to him and then sell it to him after two years for a certain price. Well, see, he wanted that to not happen because he saw that now his property value rose to three times what it was and he's wanting now to triple his money. So he had given them a date that they had to come up with a a down of $126,000 so that they could pick up the option to purchase this building. And they're months away, and Ed had received offerings in the church to try to raise the money for the $126,000. And uh, he had only been able to raise $10,000. And so he had been on the road traveling, and he was scheduled to do a morning meeting. And he was getting ready for the morning meeting. And the word of the Lord came to him and said, I don't want you to do the meeting this morning. You send another minister. Because it was a camp meeting. So there were many ministers there. He said, I want you to send another minister to do the meeting. I want you to stay in the room. I'm going to talk to you. 
And so he got another minister to do the service for him. And so he's walking in his hotel room just praying in the spirit. And he's praying about this money that he needs. And he hears the hotel room door open. And he thought that they had rented out his room because, you know, the front desk can bless you that way sometimes. (laughs) They can do all kinds of delightful things for you. And so he turned around to see who had come in his room. And when he stood there, there were two big angels standing there. And they were so big, he said that the ceiling disappeared because he said in this vision, because he said they, they were, they, their, their height was so much higher than the ceiling would have been. And he said when he turned around, there was those two angels standing there and they had on uh, armor. He said there were dents in it. And he said, and they had swords and... He said, uh, the, one of the angels spoke and said, we've been sent from the throne room of heaven to straighten out your finances. Now notice this. Uh, thank God for faith. But faith has options. You can employ. Your faith can employ more than simply words. If you, you, have to, you have to use your faith. You have to use your words. But your words and your faith will activate other things. Amen. Don't forget, you have something else working for you. And so they said, we've been sent from the throne room of heaven to straighten out your finances. And so then they just stood there. And he's looking at them and they're looking at him. And nobody's moving. Nobody's doing anything. And he said, well, what are you waiting on? Because they're just standing there. And they said, we are waiting on the faith command. So notice, they need your words. Amen. And there's a scripture over in Psalms that said that the angels hearken to the word of God. That doesn't just mean the words that come out of God's mouth. It means God's words that come out of your mouth. They hearken. They listen to that. If I could say that, that's their fuel. That fuels them. And so they said, he said, what are you waiting on? They said, we're waiting on the faith command. So he said, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Now go and cause the money to come. And he said, and they disappeared. Just like that, they disappeared. Why? Now they had the fuel to go with. What's their fuel? Your faith. They need God's word in your mouth. That fuels them. And so now it is, that was just a couple of months before the money was due. Two days before the money's due. All he had was the $10,000, and he knew this, the $10,000 is nothing when you need 126000 So he sowed that, and he just gave it to another ministry who was doing their own church building. And in doing that, he, now he didn't have any money, and he had called his attorney in to meet with him two days before the money is due. And what he wanted to do, he wanted his attorney to look at the contract and see, is there any way... We can get an extension. Is there, any, is there something I can do to buy time? Is there a loophole here that's going to help me? And so the attorney said, Ed, he said, there's nothing. He said, this is ironclad. He said, there, there's no way that we can, we can do anything else. And, of course, the landlord did not want to work with them because he's wanting now to sell it at triple the price. So they're in the office meeting and the secretary buzzes into his office and said, there's a man out here who he wants to talk to you about the money that's due. 
And Ed thought that it was just the landlord or something. And so he said, I don't want to deal with it. He said, he said to the attorney, you go out and talk to him. So the attorney goes out of Ed's office into where the secretary is. And the man is standing there. And he talks to him for a minute. And the attorney comes back into Ed's office and says, uh, Ed, you need to go out and talk to the man. So he went out there. And there was a man standing there just wearing a jogging suit, not, in a, not dressed up as a businessman or anything, just wearing a jogging suit. And he started the conversation with, he says, uh, I've come to your church a few times and I don't like your preaching. <laughs> and Ed said, I thought, I do not need this today. <laughs> you know, there's, other, there's just times you just don't need to hear certain things. And so he said, you know, I come from a church where my pastor stands behind the pulpit. He wears a robe and he talks. And he says, but you go all over the platform. You scare me. You're, I don't like your preaching. And he said, but there have been two fellows in my room telling me to bring you money, $126,000. Here's a cashier's check for $126,000. Now, would you not call that abundance? But notice, when Ed said the right thing, was laying hold, doing all he could to stand his ground, he still needed divine assistance. He still needed this angelic help. Amen. Your faith will employ these divine beings if you will be mindful and aware because you're not left to do this on your own. You can't get into abundance by yourself. You need the Word. You need the Holy Ghost and you need the angels to help you get into the fullness of the abundance that God has for you, for your church, for your home, for your family, for your business. You're not going to get there alone. Amen. And so um, he goes to, he pays, of course, gives the man the $126,000. Now for them to pay off the building, it's just half, it's a half a million dollars. So now to pay it off, they're going to need $376,000, but that's not due. You know, all he had to do was come up with $176,000 to, to, to secure the purchase on that. And so he, uh, he gets up on Sunday morning, you know, and uh, he had a, actually a guest minister that Sunday morning, the very next Sunday morning. And the guest minister, uh, I, I know him real well. He's a precious man, but he's a bold, really bold. And he stood up, and as soon as he got up in the pulpit, and, you know, he wasn't acquainted with the people in the congregation, and he stood up and he pointed back to the man on the back row and he said, sir, you, you come up here. You need to come up here and obey God. So Ed turns around to see who, who he's pointing to and he turns around and it's that man who had brought in the $126,000. So Ed's trying to get the preacher's attention to tell him he already obeyed God. And that's what Ed's saying to him. He already obeyed God. And the preacher just ignored it and said, no, you come up here, sir. You come up here and you obey God. Do what God told you to do. So the man comes up and takes the microphone and he said, those same two fellows are back in my room. <laughs> and he said, give me a couple of days and I'll have another cashier's check for the rest of the money. And we'll... The, the $376,000. 
in a couple days, he came and he paid off the whole thing. That's called divine assistance. That's called abundance. Amen. That's what heaven enjoys, full supply, full provision. That's what God has for you, but you can't do it alone. But you're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. You're going to have to lay hold. And as you do, then these angels that belong to you, that are at your disposal to assist you, your faith will work for them. But you've got to do your part. You just can't sit back and wait for them to do something when you're not doing your part. But when you do your part, then they're able to do their part. And they can't, they, listen, Ed had that need. When those angels showed up in his hotel room, those angels knew he had the need. They did not go and supply that need just because they knew he had the need. Them knowing you have a need is not enough for them to meet your need. They have to have your faith about that need. They have to know what do you believe about this need. Because they can't do anything for you without your permission. Even though angels are assigned to minister blessing to you, as it says here, they're ministering spirits. They're sent to minister blessing. They can't do that without your permission, and your faith is their permission. So, Ed had said to God, he said, Now, God, he says, I was just believing for the $126,000. Why did you pay off the whole building? He said, I'm glad you did. But he says, I wasn't even asking for that. And I wasn't believing for that. Well, during the course of when Ed was trying to raise the money, all he was able to raise, you know, was just a little bit. So in the process of endeavoring to raise the money, uh, 126 businessmen in his church got together and called a meeting with him. And they said, we will... Each of us loan you $1,000, but then we own the building, and you can rent it from us. And Ed went home and said, God, what about that? And God said to him, you're having problems with one landlord. What are you going to do with 126 of them? So that was, that looked to be his only option, but he... He said, no, that's not. You know, the devil will always give you something. It's a decoy to get you to settle for less than abundance. So he told him no. So when God paid off the building with this one man, God, he said to God, God, why did you pay off the building? I wasn't even believing for that. And God spoke to him and said, just because you wouldn't compromise with those businessmen. Now, this is what I want you to see. The money was in the church. It was in the church. But, you know, just because it's in the church doesn't mean uh, people have uh, faith enough. Well, praise the Lord. But if God has to, he'll go. Listen, God would have rather blessed the 126 businessmen in the church than bless the man who didn't like his preaching. But God said, God goes with the one who said yes, not the one who tries to control the church and tries to control the preacher and tries to control the finances because of what they gave. God doesn't accept gifts with strings on them. 
Just because you gave it doesn't mean God accepted it. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And I'm trying to show you that to get, into a, to get into abundance, you need angels or God wouldn't have given them. We all need them. This church needs, every church needs the angels that God's assigned to that church. <clears throat> right before my husband and I met, he was coming off of a... Now, I, to, to tell you this, those angels and... God had said to Ed about a year before he went home to be with the Lord. He said, if you would talk about that experience more of when those angels paid off your building, he said, if you'd talk about that more, they would do that more. So that's why I talk about it. Even though he's not here to talk about it, if I pick it up, they'll do it for me. I said, they'll do it for me. Whoever has faith to talk about it. Whoever has faith to tell it, whoever has faith to put a demand on it, amen, can get their activity. So uh, shortly before Ed and I met, Ed was coming off a commercial flight one day, and he was walking off the jetway. And as he was walking off the plane off the jetway, the Spirit of God said to him, turn around. And when he did, he saw a hundred angels and two side by side, 50 50 rows of them. And you know, when you, when you see something in the spirit, you don't have to sit and count. You just know. And he said to God, he said, God, what are those angels here for? He said, those are 100 healing angels that I've dispatched to work with you in the healing ministry. He said, they'll bring body parts. They'll adjust, they'll adjust things in people's bodies. So they're assigned to you to work with you in the healing ministry. Well, through the years, those angels certainly did work with him. And there were many results and much fruit from their activity. And no, angels aren't healers, but they cooperate with healing power. Jesus is the healer. We know that. But you know, the Bible does talk about it. The pool of Bethesda, an angel came down and stirred the water. Now, the angel wasn't the healer, but the angel, if I could say this, deposited healing power in that water, right? They cooperated with healing power. They can also, they can, they can straighten up backs. They can, if I could say this, just like a, a nurse is to a doctor, angels are to the power of God. Jesus is the doctor, so to speak, but they'll assist. And so just five months after Ed went home to be with the Lord, I was finishing up a meeting one night. And I was closing down, we'd come to the end of the service and uh, <clears throat> when we got to the end of the service, the Spirit of the Lord came on me and God spoke to me and he said, when your husband went to heaven, because I hadn't even thought about this since he went home to be with the Lord. He said, when your husband went to heaven, those hundred angels that worked with him in the healing ministry did not come with him because their ministries in the earth. And he said, 50 of them stayed with you. But he said, Uh, the other 50 were dispatched to other ministers that were connected with him who walked under that healing anointing. It matters who you're associated with because you'll share in like giftings. You'll share in like flows. You'll share in like graces. So it matters who you hook up. It matters who you hook up with. It matters who your pastor is that you hook up with. Because you become a partaker of what flows uh, from, their, from their ministry in their life. 
And so he said 50 of them stayed with you, and he said 50 of them were dispatched to work with other healing ministers who were closely associated with your husband's ministry. And then he said this, if you will be faithful with those 50, then I'll send more. Now, then he told me how to be faithful with them. He said, talk about them. He said, the more you talk about them, the more you're giving them permission to work. So many times in healing lines, I'll tell people this testimony because I want them to know sometimes they can feel things going on in their body. They can feel maybe their back being adjusted or something within their body being adjusted. Why? Because whenever you have faith, they'll work. They'll meet your faith. Well, uh, notice this. He said, if you'll be faithful with them, I'll give you more. Have you ever noticed what the rewards of faithfulness are? It's more. Remember the, the master who gave ten talents to his servant? He gave five talents to another servant and one talent to the other servant. And the one who didn't do anything with his, he didn't lose it. He did not lose it. But he didn't cause increase with it. See, when God gives you something, he expects there to be profit from it. He expects there to be increase from it. If you, if you just maintain and hold on to what you got, uh, the word called that, that servant unfaithful. It's not about just keeping what you had. It's about bringing increase to what you have. And so then the one that wasn't faithful with his, the master said, give that one to the one that had the 10 talents because he doubled the 10 talents he already had, remember? So what was the rewards of faithfulness? More. If you want more angels, be faithful with the ones you got. If you need more, you can have more. Church will need more at different times. At different seasons, well, if you, if you need more, you have to be faithful with the ones you have because the way you get more is be faithful with what you got. Amen. Well, abundance belongs to you, but you need to be faithful with all that you have to flow into that abundance. And angels are part of helping you to receive the abundant flow that God has for your life. Amen. I was in a church recently, and uh, there, the, the pastor's wife, she... Uh, she said, she called me out and she said, Nancy, she said, uh, there are ministers that have had angels assigned to them, but they're unfaithful with their angels. So God's going to give you their angels. Why? Because angels want to be productive. They want to bear fruit. They want to work with somebody that's bearing fruit. Don't, don't sit and suffer with not having enough when you've got angelic help to help go bring in customers to help go cause divine connections to happen, to help, they'll open doors for you. They'll, they'll, they'll work in all kinds of ways so that you can experience abundance. Amen. Hallelujah. God doesn't expect you to get there by yourself. You have divine help. But you have to, number one, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on it, and you have to release your faith for these things to happen. Amen. Well, there's a reason God has us to flow this way tonight. Stand with me to your feet. Father, we thank you. That abundance belongs to us. And Father, we're not left to get in by our own ability. We're not left to move into abundance just by our own intellect or by our own skill. But Father, we thank you. We have divine help. We have the help of the Word. We have the help of the Spirit. But we have the help of ministering spirits. That they are sent forth to minister for those who are heirs of salvation. So we thank you for the divine help that you have for us. When we finished up 
the Ed had started our Bible school building and had gotten it about 70% done when he went home to be with the Lord, and we were able to finish that up. The first service we held in there, the night before that we were to hold the, hold the first service in there, uh, I had a dream one night, and an angel appeared to me in the dream. And he was holding something, and I said, God, what is that angel holding? He said, he's holding the corner timber piece for the next building. Now, what's that mean? Well, years ago, Ed's had a vision and saw another church building right behind our current building. Well, see, the angel was already wanting us to get our faith on that. You say, how far, how, how far in the future is that? I don't know. But God wants our faith on it now because you can, you can get things completed in the spirit before they ever show up in the natural. Amen. And angels will work, will work for you far, far in advance. Amen. You know, when God puts something in your heart, uh, let's say it this way, maybe you have a business that God, you have in your heart that God wants you to start a business. Well, get, get your angel working on that. Amen. Use your faith. Say, Father, I thank you. I had divine help. That the angels go and they influence people. They influence the right, the right doors to open for me. Amen. They'll do that for you. Remember what Jesus told Dad Hagen on, uh, on, uh, regarding prosperity. He said, don't pray about money the way you've been praying about it. And you hear your, you hear your pastor pray it all the time. I've heard him so many times. Every time I come, I've heard him pray this. And he would say, claim how much you need, number one. Number two, tell Satan to take his hands off the money. Number three, tell the angels to go and cause the money to come. Why is it? Because when you tell the devil to take his hands off your money, he's not going to bring it to your, to your hand. When the angel takes his hand off the money, excuse me, when the devil takes his hand off your money, he just takes his hand off of it. And the angel knows where it now lies. And they go get it and they bring it to you. Amen. Well, there's customers. There's buildings for pastors. There's buildings that belong to pastors. Uh, there's for you if your business, if you need a building. There's, all, there's properties. There's homes. There's all kinds of things that they'll assist so that you can live this life of abundance. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for it. We give you thanks for it. We give you thanks for it. Now, at different seasons of our ministry, he's assigned more based on what our assignment was at that time. When we've needed more help, you, when God wanted me to have that home, that home I'm now living in, that was Sister Amy Sim McPherson's, when he wanted me to have that, uh, then he gave me that divine assistance to help me get that. Why? Because it makes it easier. And then you get this idea that possibly it wouldn't be accomplished without their help. Hallelujah. And I said that because Pastor Jack Myers, come up here, you and your wife. I've had this sense that I don't know what it is. I don't know what stage of your ministry you're at and with your building and stuff. But there is employed now, there's two angels here tonight. Additional to help you with this phase of whatever... I don't know whether it's with the properties. I don't know what's, I don't know what it's regarding, but in this phase of your ministry and, uh, with their help, it makes difficult things easy. Amen. So father, we thank you tonight. We thank you for the word. We thank you for the spirit, but we also thank you for these angels that bring divine assistance to help us fulfill your plan. 
And we thank you, Father. Now, those angels, you go. You cause that which belongs to this ministry to come. You cause the right people. You cause equipment, buildings, whatever they need, the supply that they need. You cause it to come in Jesus' name. Now, remember this, that as you go throughout the different things, the assignments of the ministry God gives you, don't forget that they're there to help you. Put them to work. Put them to work. Not to say you don't already, but don't forget you've got more dispatched to you. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for the grace upon them, for the the phase of ministry that they're in now. We give you thanks. We give you thanks. Pastor Carol, come up here, love. Father, we thank you for that divine assistance for her. Give me your hands. Thank you, Father. The angels go and uh, cause what she needs to come. Every supply, every supply that her need calls for, we call the need met in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. Hallelujah. 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 I normally don't teach. uh, Well, I teach especially this direction, especially when God directs me to because I know he's wanting to. uh, He's wanting to, if I could say, work that for people. Hallelujah. Now, we've, we've ministered especially to these ones, but you have an angel. That's not to be weird. You don't pray to them. But just know that they're, they're there to help you and to assist you. Don't forget it. I said, don't forget it. Don't forget it. Hallelujah. Come here, love. Sister, yeah, Pastor Carol's daughter, come up here. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't, I don't. Come on up here, love. Father, we thank you for strengthening her with might in her inner man. We thank you, Father, for your power. Your power makes life better. And we thank you for your power that blesses her and strengthens her in Jesus' name. Strengthen with might in your inner man. Ah, Free in Jesus' name. To live free. To live as free as you are. To live as free as you are. You know, I so appreciate a testimony. It has helped me so much. I have done this so much. Not over this particular thing, but practice the same principles. And I say this for anybody struggling with any kind of difficulty. Because, you know, we all have... You know what it says over in in, uh, Hebrews chapter 12? It says, laying aside the weights and the sins. It so easily beset us. One thing that trips you up won't trip up another person. And what trips up another person won't trip you up. So that's why you don't look at somebody and say, I don't know why they struggle with that. Well, they don't struggle with things you're struggling with. It's particular to... The devil knows what works against someone. And God wants us to lay those aside so they don't keep tripping us up. Yeah? We all, I don't care who we are, we all, we all have to make sure we're laying aside what would trip us up. 
But I so appreciate Brother Keith Moore. He gave this testimony years ago, I believe, when he was working in healing school with Dad Hagen. And a man came up to him and said, Brother Keith, he said, uh, he said, I'm a smoker. He said, I want to be free from smoking. And he says, I just need help. Tell me how, tell me what I need to do. And he says, don't tell me throw out my cigarettes. He says, I've thrown out a fortune of them, you know, trying to get free. And I love something Brother Keith said. He said, I'm not going to tell you to throw your cigarettes out. He said, do you have them with you right now? He said, I sure do. He says, you got them in your pocket? He says, yeah, I got them in my pocket. He says, okay. When you walk out of healing school today, would you have normally, would you have normally gotten in your car and lit one up? He goes, I sure would. He says, okay, I want you to do that. He says, when you walk out, take, take out that pack of cigarettes when you get in your car. And you know, smokers are, they had their, their little ticks that they do, whatever they do. You know, they do their little routine with their, I, listen, my dad was a smoker for 60 years. I saw the little ticks. And they'll get it out and they'll, you know, tap it on the packet or whatever. And he said, while you're doing that, say, thank God I'm free from smoking. And he said, then light up. He said, take a big drag on it. Enjoy it. Don't even feel condemnation. No condemnation. He said, enjoy it. Take a drag on that and say, thank God I'm free from smoking. And in between every puff of that cigarette, say, raise your hand and say, thank God I'm free from smoking. People say, why are you doing that? That's called calling those things which be not as though they were. He's not free, but he's thanking God he is free. You see, he's calling himself free when in the natural he's not free. And he said, and then he said, when else would you smoke? And he said, well, he'd said, I'd I'd smoke after dinner. He said, well, sure, be sure and do that. (laughs) Smoke after dinner. He says, quit, don't, don't try to stop doing something. Just put something else in place. So he said, when you pull that cigarette out tonight, he said, raise your hand, say, thank God I'm free from smoking. Take a big drag on it between every breath. Thank God I'm free from smoking. He said, just don't make sure you do that. He said, he said, can you do that? He said, yeah, I can do that. I can go out and smoke and talk. You know, I I can go out and do that. He said, yeah, I'm not going to ask you to do something you can't do. Brother Keith said about two weeks later, he was out in the parking lot there at Ramah, and he heard a guy, Brother Keith, Brother Keith, he turned around and says, I got to tell you something. He said, I did what you said. He said, every day I made sure I smoked just like I regularly did. Didn't even try to cut back. But I, every time I took a breath, a, a drag off that, he said, I'd say, thank God I'm free from smoking. And he said, last week, he said, I went to take a drag, and he said, it dawned on me, I'm free from smoking. And he said, I threw that thing down. I never, never had any more desire for it. He says, I want you to know I'm free from it. That's called fighting the good fight of faith. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. See, when you want to be free, when you really want to be free, God's not asking you. See, we, we always try to get rid of stuff, and God's wanting us to implement something. Does that make sense to you? It's not about getting something out. It's about getting the right thing in, and the right thing will push the wrong thing out. I have, at at a house that we used to own, you know, I had dogs. I've always had dogs. I'm going to have dogs. I don't care that other people got to keep them now because, (laughs) you know, I have help that helps me keep them. But I'm going to have dogs that when I come home, you know, got my dogs there. But these dogs, I would put their food and water right outside the garage. Well, there was a lot right above that garage 
on that, you know, that garage, by the garage door. And every night, all the moths and stuff are flying around that thing. So in the morning, their water was always full of dead moths just floating. I love my dogs, but I'm not touching those moths. (laughs) If you tried to pick them out, they would just fall apart. And now you got particles everywhere, you know. But all I'd do is just go over and turn turn on the water hose. And the more I'd turn the water on, put the water in there, it'd just wash. They'd just wash off the top. They'd float off. That's how you walk free. The more you pour the word in. Things that you struggle with trying to handle and trying to get out and trying to get out. All it does is keep you mindful of what's, what's there. Just pour in the word. Pour in the saying. Amen. Pour in the saying, and when you do, it, the other stuff you don't want will start floating off. That's what Brother Keith was getting that guy to do. Just pour in the saying. Amen. Listen, abundance belongs to you. Lay hold of it. Use, take the, the fight of faith and win with that thing. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.